Abba Father, thank you so much for kissing us goodnight last night and kissing us again for good morning now. It is our joy and privilege to live today as your son and daughter. Help us to hear your words so that we can be faithful and fruitful today as a co-heirs of Christ. In the marvelous name of Jesus Christ, our chief heir and savior, we pray, amen. Yesterday, we saw Paul's major understanding of a salvation and Christian life as a divine adoption. We learned that those who believe in Jesus and are led by the Holy Spirit are adopted to be sons and daughters of God. Adoption is a major Pauline theology. The word adoptions were mentioned five times in the New Testament and all of them by Apostle Paul. Once in Galatians and once in Ephesians and three times in Romans. Today, Paul continues what divine adoption entails for us. Starting verse 7, yesterday, Paul talks about the inheritance that adopted the children of God wait for. So let's read our text today. Romans chapter 8, verse 17. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation always in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of a one who subjected it, in hope that creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present moment, present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have, who have the first fruit of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But we have a hope for we do not yet have. We wait for it patiently. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our heart knows the mind of a Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. For those who God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those He predestined, He also called. Those He called, He also justified. Those He justified, He also glorified. Many New Testament scholars think that today's passage is most cosmic, 
most cosmic and comprehensive vision of our salvation in the Bible. This is a profound and a powerful explanation of the gospel and it has two themes, suffering and glory. You know, verse 17 is a thematic verse that summarizes the whole thing. Now, if we are children, we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ and we share in his suffering in order that we also share in his glory. As heirs and co-heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, we inherit both sufferings and glory. For suffering, Paul uses a unique word to express the intensity, intensity and an intent or hope of the suffering. That word is a groaning, groaning. Groaning in Greek is sustenazo, which literally means groan with. The word sustenazo came from sun, you know, the weed, at the same time, you know, synonymous, it's actually the sun, and the tenazo, grown together. It actually expresses the painful labor pain, you know, birth labor. You know, when the, when, when we, uh, when mother is uh, uh, laboring for childbirth, you know, the mother and child together, they're trying to really, you know, they're suffering, but that suffering is meaningful because there is a life and the life to begin is waiting for. That's the word sustenazo. This word was a uniquely, again, Pauline vocabulary, and Paul used it five times in his letter, twice in 2 Corinthians and three times in Romans 8. Today, I want to point out the two implications about inheritance and God's children in this verse. And they are groaning and glory. Groaning and glory. First, Paul mentioned groaning three times in three different beings in Romans uh, chapter 8. The first groaning is a surprising nature. Verse 22, we know the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of a childbirth up to the present time. And second groaning is a humans. Verse 23, we ourselves who, who have the first fruit of spirit groan inwardly as we eagerly wait our adoption to sonship, the redemption of body. And then third and final groaning is a Holy Spirit. Verse 26, in the same way, spirit help us in our weaknesses and we do not know what we ought to pray, but Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Intercedes for us through the wordless groan. The most surprising revelation about nature is given in Romans 8. And all natural disasters, or what we call natural evil, are not accidental or coincidental. But according to Paul, it is decided by the will of the Creator. Verse 20, the creation was subject to frustration, not by its choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. Nature is broken, not randomly by pure material coincidence or chemical you know, reactions, but it is broken because of a human spiritual failure. Here Paul is repeating the effects of a human fall that mentions in Genesis chapter 3. You know, amazingly, 
Bible says, and now Paul says, that nature will be healed when children of God are completely redeemed. So verse 21, in the hope that whole creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay, brought into freedom and glory of the children of God. So in our future, awaiting healed and perfect and harmonious uh, nature, nature, the perfect nature that Isaiah talks about, there is a no more hostility between even animals. Lion and lamb will lie down together and the children can play with a snake. All this so-called natural you know, impossibility will be completely gone and healed. And it's a part of glory of God's children. I don't know what other religion talks about this kind of a harmonious, almost impossible, dreamy world. But Bible tells us it is coming glory for God's children. So what is exactly glory is awaiting for the children of God. You know, just as the creation awaits for liberation from bondage of decay, Paul said we also wait for liberation from sin in the most complete and concrete way. Verse 23, not only so we, but we ourselves who have the first fruit of the Spirit grown inwardly as a wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. Here we see another remarkable, unique biblical revelation and hope for humanity. That is the ultimate salvation is the redemption of our bodies. Our salvation is a holistic, that means a complete. We will have a redemption of our body. So if sanctification takes place in our soul, glorification is taking place in our body. You know, one day, every cell of our body will no longer resist our spirits, but will submit themselves to the desires of our spirit to worship God and please Him. Our body will no longer be the instrument of sins and carnal pleasures, but completely become the instrument of the righteousness and love. Actually, I believe the sanctification and glorification you know, cannot be separate from each other, but it's a happen together, it's a happening together right now. The more I submit my soul and mind to the words of God and the Holy Spirit, the more my body will be holy. Once again, it is not done by our willpower, but by the work of an indwelling Holy Spirit. And that's why Paul said in verse 23, Holy Spirit intercedes for us, through the wordless groans. You know, when we pray, Bible says Jesus is actually interceding for us at the right hand of the Father. And today, when we pray, Holy Spirit intercedes in us with the wordless groans. That means, brothers and sisters, when you and I pray, we're not, we are not praying alone. Holy Spirit is there. Even though you don't know what to say, just say, you know, I say many times to pray the, you know, a prayer, you know, Jesus prayer. Jesus, Son of God, 
have mercy on me, I'm a sinner. You, you can just repeat it in sincere you know, way. And whatever in your heart, Holy Spirit will intercede for us. And Bible said that God knows the mind of the Holy Spirit. And he, God knows what's going on in his heart. So prayer is not about uh, you know, art, you know, elegant you know, articulation. Yes, I appreciate every hour, everyone who prepares a public prayer for Sunday service. But that's a Sunday public prayer. In private, it doesn't have to be. You just pray with a faith and God. The Father loves to hear us, our Christ, our sons, his sons, you know, interceding for us, as well as the Holy Spirit groaning in us. That's how we become sanctified. That's how we, 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 we subdue our bodies as an instrument of our righteousness. Finally, I'm running out of time. So Paul is saying that God is sovereign and God will glorify, God will bring it to the end. God will see us to the end. You know, verse, 20, uh, uh, verse 28, he said, We know in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God makes all things work for good for his children. And he is a master weaver, if I use the language of J.R. Tolkien. You know that the famous book, The Lord of, uh, uh, Lord of the Rings, the major theme that he has that, that all the fellowship ring, everyone gets scattered, and everybody didn't know what the other people, other you know, uh, uh, companions of fellowship ring were doing, but the, at the end, everything worked toward for the good, and that's how they accomplished the mission. God will make the most beautiful, glorious tapestry out of our life. So those of us in the house church, those of us or whatever in the family situation, don't worry about the areas of life that you don't see. God is working all those areas. You just focus on your area. You just so you know pray with the Holy Spirit. You just follow God, and God at the end will make all things for good. And then Paul makes this kind of a doxological, you know. Confession about God in verse 29 and verse 30. Those who foreknew God, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. From Genesis 1.26 to all the way to Revelation chapter 21, God has a plan of a creation and then redemption and the perfect, you know, uh, uh, perfection that God created us in this image will complete it in the image of his son. And Paul said in the verse 30, those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he glorified. What he's trying to say is that God, who began the good work in us, will carry us through and through every day, and one day he will complete us in Christ for the glory. God who calls us is the one who completes us. He is an Alpha and Omega. He is a sovereign God, and we can count on Him. Dear brothers and sisters, we groan today, but our groaning has a meaning and purpose. We don't groan alone. 
We don't suffer alone. We suffer with the God and the Holy Spirit and the Christ and with each other. And each day, we will become a little more glorified in our body, in our heart, in sanctified in our heart and soul. And one day, we'll stand before Christ as His first fruit with a glorious body. For that day comes, let us pray, let us love, let us go on together. Let's pray. Abba Father, thank you so much for revealing the truth about the whole reality of the universe. We are awed and humbled at the same time by groaning of the Holy Spirit in us and the groaning of a nature around us. With your revelation, help us not to suffer and groan aimlessly and helplessly, but groan with the Holy Spirit in our prayers and intercessions for each other. Thank you for helping our prayers with the groaning of the Holy Spirit. We praise you for you not only hearing our cry, but also will answer us from beginning to the end. We long for the day of a peace and perfect harmony in our spirit, soul, and body to worship you and fellowship with one another. Until then, we trust your sovereign grace with hope and obedience. In the sovereign name of our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.